Presenting the Roundtable Podcast, featuring the stories of creative alumni from Southern Adventist University. Welcome back to the uh, Roundtable Podcast. I'm here with BJ and Theo. Uh, my name is Aaron Patterson, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about their experiences in, uh, in life. So thank you guys so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yes, yeah. Of course. Um, so I just want to start out, uh, both of you, with your names, the major you guys graduated Southern with, uh, the year you graduated, and the job you're currently working. Yeah, uh, my name is Theo, Theo Brown. Um, I graduated from Southern in December 2010 with a film degree. Uh, and now I'm just working as a director out in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm BJ. Uh, I graduated in 11 with religious studies and graphic design. And um, now I'm working in LA as an indie film producer. Awesome. So I'm really interested to hear, are you guys working, being able to like work together on some projects? You guys seem to know each other pretty well. Never met this man. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we just bumped into each other in the hall. Awesome. No, um, it feels actually the main reason why I, I, you know, moved into film in the first place. And um, we've been able to work together a lot for sure. We definitely do have bigger goals that, you know, may see a split somewhere down the road. But, um, you know, definitely it's our friendship and connection that kind of got us going. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it's definitely been, uh, I hate this corporate word, but like synergy. Um, I mean, ever since we were both students here at Southern, uh, you know, he was like social vice and I would just kind of help start making videos uh, Mm -hmm. for them. And that was like the first time I got experience with like showing projects to a wide group of people. And even now, like to this day, you know, we're finishing up our first feature film. Uh, Wouldn't have happened absolutely without this guy just kind of like really embracing the producer aspect, the producer role. But there's been a million projects mm-hmm. in between those two kind of bookends. Um, that's just, yeah, help us create stuff. So I'm interested in hearing a little bit about your journeys right out of college because I feel a pretty common theme has been it's not just a smooth, like you get no. the job you want, no. especially in this major. So no. I'm really interested to hear. I mean, well, I think like, you know, you don't see if a ship is seaworthy by keeping it docked in a harbor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if there's anything really ever that's smooth. Uh, for me, you know, I was really uh, uh, blessed like, to be able to get a job literally right, <laughs> right like two hours before I graduated mm-hmm. college, um, or at least I like, get like an interview that led right into it. Um, but then after that, you know, I worked in a couple of smaller towns, um, worked in like a town in Kentucky, worked in a town in uh, Southern California, and like kind of doing marketing and stuff like that, making commercial work and stuff mm-hmm. before moving out to LA full time uh, about five years ago. So, you know, just kind of jumped around, mm-hmm. like trying to just sharpen skills and stuff like that, learning how I can build tools that will allow me to, that will, I guess, allow me to um, have a skill that I could benefit even like corporate work or stuff like that, mm-hmm. knowing that if I was to direct, I would still need to sustain myself uh, with a, making a living while I wanted to focus on creative stuff like personally in every other moment that I got. Yeah, um, I was kind of the other side of that coin where I did not get a job interview two hours before graduating and I did not walk into a job um, right after leaving the campus. Um, I kind of went home for a few months just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, applying everywhere. 
eventually Theo did open up his couch to me. Um, and I was able to work at um, the hospital he was working at in Kentucky for a few months. Mm -hmm. um, but I was not doing anything religious or anything graphic. So um, eventually I kind of, I left to try to find something that would make me feel happier, more fulfilled, more connected to what I do. So I worked on a cruise ship, <laughs> which uh, was more, I needed some sun. Mm -hmm. I needed some, uh, just time to kind of think and reflect, um, some fun while I'm figuring out life. And yeah, I just kind of uh, jumped around a little bit more after the cruise ship job and eventually kind of found myself, again, neighbors with Theo, um, because he got me another job at another hospital, but this time doing graphic design stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to work that uh, as freelance and had another uh, design job, um, a sign shop. And um, that was probably the first time when I felt like, okay, I've made it. Mm. Now let me do something crazy. Mm. And then we decided to move to LA uh, without jobs, without money. <laughs> and we've been there for five years now. Thinking about creatives, um, especially, not saying the other, you know, majors or disciplines can't do this. Thinking about mm -hmm. creatives, it's like, hey, how do I, I have to say, yeah, like, I guess your question, like, how do I find a job in my field or whatever that means? But then the <laughs> quote unquote adult question, once you're working there, if you are able to get the job, it's like, how do I find the right move for my career and not just a mm -hmm. job? Because you realize that, like, you know, Southern especially, like, put such a great foundation uh, in me that, like, I realized that I could get a job. You know, once you, hey, you show up, <laughs> you work hard, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll be able to get work. But then it's like the balance of, okay, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm called to do something more. Or maybe, like, that, honestly, that deep burning thing inside you that's, like, waking you up at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Uh, is it going away just because now you have a 401k, you know, now mm -hmm. because like you're able to have an apartment, you know, with a nice couch or something like that. Uh, so I think that's always going to be the challenge. I think even now, probably for both of us now, we're even doing even more creative stuff. It's like, yeah, but this isn't exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I like push it even more so, you know, like how do I keep myself honest, mm -hmm. um, keep myself hungry and keep the fire inside of me like just like burning and stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, that was a really interesting thing is, you know, hopping around trying to find work just to exist is one thing. But then once you get that job that you swore you wanted, mm -hmm. like I, I was, you know, making decent money doing graphic design work. Um, and uh, even then I started to notice there was a deficit and that there was something more that I wanted. And when the opportunity to move to LA came, you know, it was kind of one of the thoughts that I had that I should, that could, I, I could explore. But um, yeah, once making that leap to actually pursue what I'm passionate about, what I'm excited about, what I've been thinking about since I was a kid, that it's been, it's been the most incredible experience. And um, not monetarily, mm -hmm. um, definitely just on a very personal, emotional, spiritual level, just being able to explore my creativity you know, um, my craft, uh, collaborating with other people, making our dreams uh, become reality together, um, absolutely invaluable. Um, very difficult, mm -hmm. but invaluable, yeah. 
What what was it that really motivated you guys to to keep on pushing? <laughs> well, I would say being single actually helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just knowing, you know, one of my big things was no kids, no wife, no responsibility besides myself. Mm-hmm. I know what I need to survive. Um, and that's actually, you know, that, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me it was just, um, I don't know, I mean, as weird as it sounds, I think it's still be glad here when it's like every man dies, not every man lives. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for creatives, <laughs> once you – you know, you're a kid and they're like, oh, you draw really well. You should draw something. And they like, they mean well, but like, they may not really mean it. They probably mean like, oh, you should be a doctor and like keep drawing. But what if that person keeps drawing, right? And then it's like they finish high school and now they're much better drawing. Then they go to college, they're like, man, you're drawing really, really, really well. Um, and they're like, but maybe you should do something else. But it's like, if you keep chasing that, that thing where it's like drawing or something like that, and like you just keep doubling down on that, what I've noticed I mean, no, I don't draw, but like you said, film is that the people that supported me when I was, you know, just saying these things, like, and not even knowing really what they mean, mm-hmm. and how they've seen how, you know, people like, I guess, me or, or BJ or other people who, like, we stay with or other, any creative, like, on this podcast, probably, like, once they see that, like, wow, these people literally stuck with it, like, mm-hmm. most people would have, like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher now, okay, I'm going to do this now, not there's anything wrong with that. But I think for the people that literally stick with the creative stuff, you find that like there's those people that will still like they'll want to support you even more mm. because I think there's a little bit that they see in you that mm-hmm. um, that maybe they couldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did get a family at a young age. And they're like, hey, you know what? I can't afford to be staying on couches in L.A. Mm-hmm. for, you know, one, two, three, six, eight months because, you know, we know people have done that, you know what I mean? And stuff. And that's just maybe a way of life for some creative people, but those people who have done that are now very successful, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it doesn't take that long of a period of time because the time is going to pass no matter what. Yeah. So it just depends on how you want to spend it. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's really been incredible <clears throat> to find validation in my passions. Yeah. Being very specific, mm-hmm. I've always been a cartoon superhero nerd. Uh, comics, superhero, like, nerd. Just obsessed. Absolutely <laughs> obsessed. And... You know, I had the audacity to go to L.A. to see if, like, there's money in me pursuing that professionally. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is more and more that there is absolutely a world in which not only can I survive and be able to think about superheroes all the time, create superheroes, add to superhero stories, but there's almost a demand for it to the point where I can make a lot of money if I stay on this course, potentially. And that's kind of that that other side of, you know, pursuing your passions and creativity, it, it's so common to, to think and believe that it's better to have a, a safe job. I think it's more important to have a job that you're passionate in, figure out what, what your sacrifices are gonna be just to pursue that passion and stay true to it, um, no matter what field that is, no matter what uh, discipline that is. And again, going back specifically to me, you know, I moved to LA with a couple superhero ideas and every year I'm seeing a little bit more traction, a few more people interested in people that I've never met before, but I bump into them and they're like, wow, that's really interesting. You know, I know a few people that could be interested in that, but I just need you to develop X, Y, and Z, which goes back to the persistence and sticking at it and keep working on your craft and keep validating yourself so that when you go back to those people that see you, want to help and support, you're making their job easier mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yo, you got to meet this guy because he did all of these things. He can do these other things. And 
you're able to share passions and it's beautiful. I know you both are roundtable experts now, having been here. Uh, but um, I would ask, with both of your stories, what is the biggest takeaway you would hope students this weekend, students in, in years prior, uh, and students in years to come would would be able? What insight would they be able to to gain from both of your stories? It's okay to be ridiculous. I I definitely I've always felt like the odd duck, and I'm happy to be the odd <laughs> duck because I'm religious studies major, graphic design minor, and I do film. And, um, you know, I, I'm running my own production company, got a feature done, working on a couple shorts, working on getting a couple more uh, features funded. And um, there, I really have no reason to be doing this. And so it, it is ridiculous, and I've just taken a leap. And I hope people can kind of see that, like, you can exist. Mm-hmm. Like you can do this thing and you can exist and you can get things done. Um, even if it looks ridiculous, seems crazy. Like, yeah, it, things can happen. I think, I think for me, um, you know, there was a, there's a, a guy who stopped me uh, when we were eating once. He was this freshman filmmaker and um, he was like, hey, uh, I heard your name is Theo. I want to be a director. You know, had this other stuff that he wanted to do, and mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, "Well, you'll you'll, you'll figure that out mm-hmm. pretty soon, right?" But he definitely seemed like really passionate <clears throat> about directing. And then he's like, "When you're on set, do you get nervous?" And it was so interesting, interesting listening to him, hearing him say that, because you know, of course I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter if it's like a little project that like I may just be like shooting by myself, or it's just me and BJ, or it's me and BJ and like 40 other crew and cast members. It's like, yeah, that, that nervousness never goes away. Um, and, you know, he was mentioning how he was nervous on his projects. He was, you know, he's a couple of weeks into school um, at the moment and he's nervous about like when he's on set. And I think that's probably what I would want hopefully students to take away is like, you're always going to be nervous and that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means that like there's something new. That means like there's stakes at play, you know, like when you're nervous, like you're either going to succeed and learn, but that success could maybe look like a temporary failure or setback on the on the outside, or it might look like a rousing success on the outside. But either way it goes, like you're going to learn um, and you're going to win and you're going to thrive. So like embrace that. Like it's okay to like be like, oh man, my project's shooting in a couple of days and I'm literally having panic attacks. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, are those panic attacks like stopping your momentum, or are you kind of like maybe slowing down to like a slow walk instead of the sprint that you were before? Because any progress like is what you want. So that's what I would hopefully want them to see. I think everybody um, here has probably experienced those kinds of nervousness, those kinds of setbacks, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of not only just art or film, or that's just a part of life. So get used to that. Because mm-hmm. that'll like keep you pushing and motivated, um, and not be afraid for the next time. Mm. That's super interesting. I feel like there's a there's a lot of lessons to learn from the idea of being used to being uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Um, feel like that can get get a lot of people a long way. But uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about 
the things that you guys talked about here at Roundtable, whether or not you feel you were really able to to hit every single base. Do you feel like you came with an expectation for yourself, and do you feel as if you've met that expectation? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think I actually had, ever have any expectations, mm -hmm. honestly, for Roundtable. Um, but the reason why is because, you know, <laughs> the great thing about Roundtable, like especially when it started four years ago, it allowed us to get to know students. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that happens with both on the, I think the alumni connect with the students and then the students connect with the alumni is that Roundtable doesn't stop because, you know, you have like the final burger or pizza party or whatever. <laughs> like there's students that I met then who like I've come back to Southern shot projects with, you know, they were freshmen mm -hmm. and now they're sophomore and juniors. Now they're working on their senior projects, you know, and we're like, I see them at Roundtable, but like, we're emailing maybe every other week. So I don't know if I have any expectations about like what to even talk about and stuff like that because these people, that, that connection has already been cultivated so much just from round table to round table mm -hmm. that like they may not need to see me or hear me do a, uh, a panel on screenwriting when like they get to the point of comfortability where like they're just sending me all their scripts. Mm -hmm. It could be during the summer. Hey, I'm working on this little thing. Sure, send it yeah. over. Let's talk about it. You know, stuff. So I personally don't feel like I have an expectation, um, only because Roundtable has just set this table mm -hmm. uh, of familiarity and comfort that you can actually foster like true relationships, true friendships, true mentorships, or however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna get a little Hollywood on this one, Please. and um, I don't really have expectations. <clears throat> I expect nothing, but I'm ready for everything. And one of the things that um, when I deal with people, when I speak with people, I do not expect them to follow through with what they say. I believe most human beings are talkers and not necessarily doers. So what I hope for is when I tell students, send me scripts all the time, keep in touch with me, mm -hmm. text me, email me, call me, I will help you. I hope that someone takes me up on that. Yeah. And a few students did last year, which is more than I expected just because I don't expect people to really follow through. I don't really expect people to have the kind of drive and ambition and audacity that I have. Mm -hmm. But I also, it took me a couple years to learn to have that drive, audacity, ambition. Um, the few students that had kept in touch with me last year, I, I've, I've been able to personally watch their work improve. Mm -hmm. um, and it's amazing. And uh, hear their confidence grow. Um, I, am, I am absolutely hopeful that the people that I've been talking to over these last couple of days keep in touch with me uh, almost to the point where they're annoying mm -hmm. um, because that's why I'm here. I'm not, ma I'm not making any money by coming here. Um, I'm, I'm like, there's really, <laughs> the only reason why I'm here is so people can keep in touch with me yeah. so I can help them. That's it. And so, yeah, I, I have a hope that people will bother me <laughs> consistently with all their videos and all their scripts and all their ideas. That's what I'm looking forward to. I feel like it's oftentimes forgotten how, how helpful it truly is to subject yourself to criticism, especially when you're trying to master something or, or work towards even just learning to get better at something because that, uh, that ability and willingness to maintain a learning posture seems to have gone a long way for people in the past. If you have, if you have a love of learning, mm -hmm. then you're <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's it's very hard to like learn the process. I mean, love the process of learning how to do something, and not be 
successful, yeah. whatever that means, yeah. just because you're just constantly striving for knowledge and, and truth and learning how to apply that knowledge in truth. So I think, I think that that mindset would be great for any discipline. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or even just kind of that natural artistic plight of like never thinking you're good enough. Mm. Even, you know, getting again, Hollywood, I think it's healthy to never think your dialogue is good enough when you're writing scripts. Um, and there's probably other areas um, for sure that you will always be working at. You will always be chiseling. Um, and that is probably the most healthy thing in the world. I, I think of this documentary about Quincy Jones. It's on Netflix. Absolutely check it out if you're interested in anything Hollywood, anything uh, media, anything production. Um, but it, it was directed by his, his daughter, Rashida Jones. And she asked this question mm -hmm. really casually in a car and says, Dad, you've done so much in your life and your career. Why are you so humble? Why aren't you, you know, more, why aren't you arrogant? And he, he doesn't even really look at his daughter. He kind of looks out the window and he says, I haven't even begun to do the things I really want to do. Mm. And if you know anything about Quincy Jones' career, uh, this dude is the reason why Oprah exists, mm -hmm. um, the Fresh Prince exists, uh, why um, um, Mike. Michael, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wouldn't be anything if it wasn't mm -hmm. for Quincy Jones and this dude he, he doesn't feel like he's done it yet. Mm. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But I think that that mindset is the healthiest thing. If you have that mindset as an artist and you keep that mindset and you never have that audacity to think, oh man, I think I've made it. Oh man, I think I'm here. You're done. <laughs> That's, you just got off the train. You know, so I, I, I absolutely think it is healthy to that learning, that, that always striving to be better and better and better. Um, that's kind of the gift and curse of, yeah. of being in, in these kind of creative fields. Definitely. So I do want to ask really quickly, uh, if you guys were students here at Southern right now and the round table was going on, what is something that you would want to hear? Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, as, as weird as it sounds like, you know, when I was my first year at Southern, um, we were in like our freshman film class and uh, David George said there was this guest that was coming who was an alumnus of Southern, and like he worked in LA. And like to me, it's just like a Hollywood person, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm in, you know, Tennessee, and I've this first time I ever touched like a film camera, period, and stuff like that. And uh, this guy walks in and like just talks to us for our class for like 15 minutes, and that guy's name is Thomas Wentworth. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I'm like, hey man, uh, I, I wanna work in Hollywood, like I wanna work in LA, can I keep in touch with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I did. And, you know, that was over a decade ago. Yeah. And now I, I consider him a really, really, really good friend. You know, I don't know if he knows exactly my name, but you know, <laughs> I consider him a really good friend, uh, a really great friend and mentor and someone who I still run my scripts by and projects by and ideas by and, and stuff and that was just you know for me personally just like wanting to absorb just everything mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of just learning like I love like reading and yeah. so that like anybody who's ever blazed any kind of trail beforehand that I can soak up something then like yes because it just helps make your job easier mm -hmm. it's like you know oh man I wouldn't have made this left turn but everybody else told me to go right I wish I sent that class and they told me to go right you know so like I'm just I'm literally just trying to coast like in the wake of all these people who just like blaze this trail yeah. already for me. So if I was a student, that's why I would just try to soak up everything. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think if I was a student or thinking back to when I was a student and if there was a round table then, 
I don't think I would have taken advantage of it. Hmm. I think where my head was at, I would have been on some, oh man, I'm not waking up that early on Hmm. Sunday. Oh man, I'd rather go talk to so-and-so and hang out for a bit. And I think I would have missed out on all this stuff. And it's, I'm really impressed that the freshmen that have approached me and have all these crazy questions, and like I'm talking to them, and I'm like, are you even really a freshman? Because you're asking <laughs> stuff that I didn't ask until you know years later. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I would hope that if this happened when I was a student, that I would have a friend or someone that would wake me up and drag me out of my dorm room to be like, no, bro, like you need to come hear these old people speak, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I'm I thinking back and I probably was that dumb, arrogant kid with his head in the clouds and just would have been like, nah, I'm going to sleep. Wow, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> what was your GPA like? Oh, my GPA was not good. I was not the best student. Like I didn't really care about education. From here on out, uh, uh, name, <laughs> major, GPA. <laughs> no, don't 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 do that, man. No, no, so, no, so, Phil was getting sassy, but so, then he's like, "Wait, my GPA." So, so, <laughs> Southern will shut down the roundtable so quick. I'm like, oh, I don't care how long these artists have been working. <laughs> Can we count that? Le- no. Um. <laughs> That's funny. Is there anything uh, in any of your presentations or any of the conversations that you've had that? that you didn't get to say really important things or just anything that you feel you really do want to say um, before we wrap up? I definitely want to encourage people, um, especially the the weirder ones, the ones that are kind of outside of Venn diagrams. Um, all those unique attributes that you have are going to be the reasons why you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it might not seem like it now. You know, college is really just one step outside of high school. and it's hard to look past the clicks and it's hard to look, to look past fitting in. And I'm speaking from experience because I was always a weird guy. Um, I figured out how to look like I was cool, but secretly inside I'm just a weird, awkward guy. But I really do encourage those specific people that are struggling with those thoughts of I don't fit in, who's gonna like me, who's gonna like my ideas. That's the reason why you could be the next George R. R. Martin. That's the reason why you could be the next Steve Jobs. Hmm. Embrace those things work on your craft and keep at it. Man, yeah. I, don't compare your practice reel with someone else's highlight reel. Mm. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. who you admire started out somewhere. I love Steven Spielberg. That's the reason I mean like I loved like getting into just films and movies in general and like but I like I said I never touched I never touched the camera until coming to school here. But, you know, like find those people yeah. Like I just last year watched a film by Steven Spielberg, like his very, 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 very first one, uh, which wasn't Duel, um, it wasn't Jaws, it was like this small made-for-TV horror film, you know, called Something Evil. And I'm watching this thing and I'm like, yeah, I guess like there's two shots here that might seem like the guy who made Jaws, but you know, I think like for artists so much, like we compare ourselves to, like, oh, look at this big gallery that you know this person is, is like, yeah, but like, did you see all their sketches? Did you see the ones that didn't make it? Did you see the ones that didn't make their gallery 10 years ago? You know, like understanding that, you know, there's gonna be a journey, it's gonna be a process, but life is a highway, mm-hmm. you know? So like embrace that. Like that's, that's the, I think the amazing part about just being an artist is that it's always gonna be like BJ said, you're just, you're never gonna hit this idea of what you think you wanna hit because you don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. So like, 
Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay awesome. hungry and stay foolish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, DJ Theo, thank you guys so much. Uh, this is Aaron thank Patterson you. with the Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening. I just want to say thank you to this couch. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>